Hey, hey, everybody. This is Dr. Patrice Buckner Jackson, but you can call me PBJ. Welcome to another episode of the Heart Work with PBJ podcast, where we are disrupting cycles of burnout for people who do their work from the heart. Oh, yes, my friend, this podcast is dedicated to you, the giver's the caretakers, the educators, those who take care of everybody else also need to be taken care of. So I am so honored that you continue to come so that we can have this conversation to refill our cups so that we can go back out in the world and serve in the ways that we are called to serve. Hey friend, before we get into the episode, would you do me a favor? If this episode blesses you, would you subscribe? to this podcast so you won't miss a download. Also, give a rating. Let me know what you think. Leave a comment. Not only will that help me make it better, but this will ensure that this podcast gets out to so many other heart workers. So do me a favor, rate this podcast, leave a comment, and let me know what you think. All right, friend, let's get into it. Hey friends, it's Dr. Patrice Buckner Jackson, but you know you can call me PBJ. And I am here today. I am pressing today to join you. I almost did not record this week, but I have something to share with you all. And I don't want to be the type of podcaster or a person um, who just shares when all is well. Um, I want to be honest when things are hard as well, um, because in the heart work community, we do hard together. And I, I really wrestle back and forth whether I should say anything or not or post or not. But here's my truth. One, I know that I have a responsibility to this community. And there are those of you out there who need to hear this. So I'm going to keep I'm going to hold fast to my commitment to share with you. And two, it helps me. It helps me. Um, I know that some people prefer more privacy and, you know, to kind of grieve and go through in a more private manner. But it helps me to say it out loud. So thank you to all of you who continue to listen. Thank you for all of you who continue to share this journey called life with me. Um, And thank you for sharing this episode with me. This episode is going to be a special episode and it's going to be something that I hold dear. So I hope and I'm grateful that you are here with me and that we can do this together. So I am going to let you know before I get started I did experience a death in my family this week, Um, so I want to give just a trigger warning to anyone who may be grieving. This may be tough to listen to, and if it's not time for you to hear it, then please honor that and respect that. Um, Let me also say that I am not a grief counselor. I'm not a counselor of any type, Um, so what I'm sharing with you all today is my own experience Um, and the revelations that I'm learning about my grief journey this week. Um, But please honor your own journey. It may not look like mine or anybody else's, and that doesn't make it wrong. Make sure that you honor what you need and you 
you honor your journey uh, because that is what's important here. I want to share some things that I've understood this week as I'm walking through this, but I also want to talk about my granddaddy. So this week, my granddaddy passed away, my granddaddy Bill, and um, he is and will always be so special to me. I recognize that not everyone has the experience of having their grandparent in their lives and active in their lives. Um, And I am blessed. I'm blessed at 41 years old to say, I knew my granddaddy all my life. I knew my grandmother, my great-grandmother, and my great-great-grandmother. So I've got some strong roots and I am a product and an outcome of who they are. Um, So it's just an honor for me, even as I'm grieving and I'm sad in moments, I also rejoice because I counted a blessing that I was able to have my grandfather for so long and that I was able to know him so well and share life with him and be loved by him and be loved by him. Um, The first thing I'll share with you, and I'm going to talk about granddaddy today because I need to, and he deserves it. Um, He is phenomenal. And I just want to share him with you all today. But I'm also going to share some things that I'm learning throughout the conversation. So the first thing I will share is don't compare your grief to other people. This is a time in our life, in this world, in time where there is a lot of pain. There are a lot of people going through grief and loss right now due to the pandemic and all kinds of other stuff. So when I consider all of that, um, there were a few moments where I felt like, man, like I'm hurting, but I just need to be quiet because this person lost their mother or this person lost their child or um, there's so much deep hurt um, just in this week. I personally know somebody who's lost their child, somebody who's lost their husband tragically, somebody who lost their father personally um, in the same week that I lost my grandfather. So thinking about all that, it almost made me say, hey, I just need to be grateful and be quiet um, because of all of the hurt that's going on. But here's what I know for sure. I can acknowledge the pain of other people and acknowledge mine. And I can honor the pain of other people and also honor mine. My granddaddy and the relationship that we had um, calls for honor. It calls for honor. So it's okay for me to feel what I feel and to share what I need to share, but also think about, pray for be sensitive to what other people are going through at the same time. So I don't have to compare my grief to somebody else's grief. I can honor their journey, but also honor mine. Um, So that's what this episode is about today. I want to honor my relationship with my granddaddy, Bill. Another lesson that I'm learning and learned this week, uh, one of my dear sisters, Roberta Axon, shared this with me and another one of our sisters shared it with her. Uh, She encouraged me to keep a treasure chest um, and to go back to that treasure chest when I 
when I miss him. And she didn't necessarily say if the treasure chest was physical things um, or memories, but she said, go back to your treasure chest um, when you miss him. Um, and I have, I have a memory bank. I have a treasure chest <laughs> um, that will keep me and hold me and allow me to rejoice um, and allow me to remember him and his love in our relationship. Y'all, let me just talk about my granddaddy for a minute. So my granddaddy loved me so much. And in, in the picture that when I think about it, it's hard to articulate, but the picture that comes to mind, if you've ever seen a little girl just so happy and joyful that she just twirls, just nat just twirls, just dances. When I think about how my granddaddy loved me and loves me, um, that's the, I just twirl in my heart. Um, that is the picture of how his love always made me feel. I always felt like the most important little girl in the whole wide world when I was with him. I always felt like the smartest little girl in the whole wide world when I was with him. He made sure I knew that I had a big old chunk of his heart from my earliest memory from my earliest memory, and it never changed. I'm 41 years old now, and that love never changed, even to this day. Uh, when I talk to my granddaddy or spend time with him, I still feel like that twirling little girl. My granddaddy um, was a person that worked hard, but he never needed a pat on the back or acknowledgement for it. Um, I remember when I was in the sixth grade, he allowed me to help him learn how to read. So when he was a little boy, he was pulled out of school before he could learn how to read to go into the South Carolina cotton fields. And he worked in the cotton fields for years. Um, so he never got the opportunity uh, as a child or as a young man to learn how to read. And it was important to him because he wanted to read his Bible. I remember him making the decision that it was time. It was time for him to learn how to read because he needed uh, to read his Bible. So he took some night classes, um, but he also allowed me to uh, help him with his reading and with his assignments. And that was always so special to me that he would share that journey with me. He loved learning things. You know, later in life, I was an adult at this point, he wanted to learn how to play the bass guitar. <laughs> oh, friend. So uh, I would, I didn't tell him this, sorry, granddaddy, but uh, music was not his ministry. <laughs> It was not his ministry, okay? Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. He got a teacher and everything, but oh, when I walked in the house and he was playing that guitar and he had it hooked up to a small little amp <laughs> and you couldn't tell him nothing. Like you could not tell him he was not playing. Um, and I remember he told me, he's like, baby, all you got to do is hold your mouth right. You hold your mouth right and the music comes out. <laughs> Y'all, it was noise. <laughs> but, 
but he loved it. He loved it. He loved it. And he was so proud of himself for the little chords that he learned and that kind of thing. So we just endured it, Grandma I me. Mean, we just endured it. But he just loved learning. He loved learning new things. He got into cycling for a season, playing his guitar for a season, gardening for a season. He just loved to be active and he loved to learn. Um, my granddaddy also never forgot where he came from. Now, by the time I came along, this life, his former life was over. I would have known nothing about his addictions and his struggles of his young adulthood, but he told me. And he told me over and over and over um, about how God brought him out of it. Um, and he, it was important to him to remember where he came from. It was important to him to remember what he used to be and what he used to struggle with. And he gave me the lesson. He wanted me to know that it's so easy to get caught up. He also wanted me to know that we don't look down on people who are struggling. No matter what their struggle is, we don't look down on them because we don't know what's in them. My granddaddy was very handy and he was always doing some odd job around the house and he would always bring people just from the street. He would bring people to help him do these odd jobs and most of those jobs he could do himself. Most of those jobs he didn't need help or many of them didn't even need to be done. But he consistently and he constantly brought in people who he knew needed help. He knew needed a hand up. He knew needed a little money and he would bring them in and have them help him do something so that he could help them. And I believe that it was his way of reaching back to what he used to be. I believe that it was his way of remembering what it felt like to be in that position and going back to grab somebody else and to help somebody else. My dad and I were talking this week and we said, as much as our hearts are broken, we know that there is a community of people back home who are homeless in plain sight, in plain sight. It's a small town. Um, so it's not like a big city where you might see a homeless person holding up signs or living under a bridge or in a homeless community. It's a small town. So sometimes we assume that we don't have homeless people because you don't see them. But my granddaddy saw them and they were living in plain sight. And my dad and I reflected this week that our hearts are broken, but we know that there's a whole community of people who are living and, and homeless and struggling in plain sight, who are hurting right now because my granddaddy has left us. But he always reached back. He always reached back. I remember for holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, we did not eat our holiday dinner until we had handed out holiday dinners all over the little town. And again, you know, you didn't, you didn't see homeless people like you see in some cities. So I had no idea, but he knew where they were. He knew where they were. And we would go early in the morning and grandma had already cooked and we would pack up plates and he would pack them in his truck. And my brother and my sister and I would jump in there with him and he would take us to where those people were and they were looking for him. They were expecting him. 
um, because they knew he was coming. I know he didn't just go on Thanksgiving and um, on Christmas. I know that they expected him all the time, um, but that was just the time that he allowed us or had us to join him um, to reach our hands out to serve and to help somebody else. Um, my entrepreneurial spirit comes from my granddaddy. So I told you he wasn't even allowed to stay in school long enough to learn how to read. He had to work the fields. That's what life was then. But this same man who had to learn how to read well into adulthood, um, he ended up opening his own business, his own custodial business at one time. He ended up creating and building a full uh, real estate portfolio that he and my dad managed together um, till his last breath. Um, most of those properties he transformed with his bare hands. He made those properties over. He flipped them with his bare hands and his buddies. He always brought his buddies. He always had them help him so that he could help them. Um, but that's that's my granddaddy. That's what he did. That's who he is. He took so much pride in his work. Um, he had his own businesses, but he worked in our local hospital, very small town. He was the custodian um, in our local hospital up until the point that he went into the hospital a few weeks ago. And he, I remember just sitting, talking to him, and he would talk to me about shiny floors and how, baby, when you finish that floor, you should be able to see your face in it. He took so much pride in his work. Not that anybody measured him on how shiny his floors were, but he was determined. He was determined to do the best job that he could at everything he did. You know, it reminds me of the quote that we hear from Martin Luther King, that if you're a street sweeper, then you need to be the best street sweeper that there is. My grandfather proved that. He showed that to me to take pride in everything that you do, no matter the job, big or small. If it's yours to do, you give it your very best. You give it your very best. And friends, that's what I'm taking with me. That's what I'm going to do with everything that has been assigned to my hands. I am going to give it my very best because that is my inheritance. That is my wealth. That's who I am. That's where I come from. That's what I've been taught. And in order to honor him and my grandmother and all of my ancestors that have come before me, I'm going to do it's my turn now. It is my turn now to give my very best at the things that God has assigned me to do. And that is what I am going to do. So in closing, two more quick lessons I've learned this week. One, engage your community. Engage your community. It doesn't have to be a lot of people, but the folks who love you, the folks who stand with you, the folks who are around you in a genuine way, let them know, let them know when you're hurting. Talk. Talk about it. Even when there's no answer, sometimes you just need to say it out loud. Sometimes you just need a kind ear 
There's not, and if you are that community, there's nothing perfect to say. Most of the time, just being there, just hold space. And that's a hard thing to hold space in silence, but sometimes just hold space. It's okay. There's no answer. There is no magic bullet. There's no magic phrase. What a, what, what your friend might need is just somebody to hear them. And if you are grieving, reach out to your community. And the last thing I'll say before we leave today, make space for the emotions. Friends, busy is like a drug. And it is so easy to just keep our hands busy so that we don't have to deal with the emotions and the feelings and the hurt. But I am here to encourage you to stop for a minute and to feel. I know it's uncomfortable and I know it hurts, but you're human. And as my friend Anita Morris has uh, taught us um, in episode 40, if you don't, grief is gonna manifest one way or the other. It's gonna manifest one way or the other. So I'm learning this week that when I need a moment, I take a moment. And I remember, and I cry. And then when that moment has passed, I keep moving and I keep going because I got work to do. And that is how I'm going to honor my granddaddy Bill. I'm so grateful for you all who've listened. I'm so grateful that you share all of my moments with me. And I am prayerful that this is helpful to somebody. As always, you know, you are powerful, you are significant, and you are loved. Love always, PBJ.